there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Sunday we'll see Mbappe against Messi in Doha World Cup final. Tonight, football's back here in Scotland. We've got McGregor, Alan, against Marshall, David at Ibrox. Yep, the SPFL is back on Saturday, Aberdeen against Celtic at lunchtime, Hearts Kilmarnock at three, Livy Dundee United, Motherwell against St Mirren and Ross County against St Johnson. But the Michael Beale era starts in two and a half hours. Mark Guidi, I wonder how it's going to transpire for the new Rangers boss. Yeah, well, you know, four weeks ago, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was still the manager. Rangers decided to to replace him. And Michael Beale is now in. Been lots of talking, lots of positivity, lots of the feel-good factor. But it's about what happens on the pitch. And tonight, Rangers need to get three points. They trail Celtic by nine, nine points in the title race. They need to go and make a fist of it. Michael Beale, the real stuff, starts tonight. Peter, I know you've enjoyed some of the World Cup, but isn't it great to have our own football back from tonight and here in Glasgow, how big is this for the Rangers fans and for Michael Beale to get a win in his first game? I think it's massive because there's been a lot of talking going on, as Mark says, and I think that's important. But you've got to follow that through, and you soon find out it's the manager. He, I mean, he was assistant before. He's the manager now. He knows he's got to go out there. He's got to win games of football. It's not about the style at this moment in time for them. I know everybody's been talking about a different type of way they're going to play and whatever. I think the most important thing for him is to get wins on the board, first and foremost, and then make his own mark on it. And as I say, it'll be interesting right? because Lee spoke a very good game as well for Hibs. So the way they're talking, the way their preparations went, it looks as if it's going to be a difficult game. I think we're ready to go. I think the last two weeks been a lot of frustration that we've waited for it, certainly on my part as well. Um, but I see a group that's uh, chomping at the bit to get started tomorrow night. I just need them to play the best version themselves. I need to see a team that's got a lot of cohesion, that's aggressive in its pressing, aggressive in its forward running. And I want them to show the same quality that they showed at the weekend against Bayer Leverkusen and I think that will, will give us a good chance of uh, winning the game. Mark, it feels like a long time, doesn't it, since that St Mirren Rangers game and then the a week later, the end of the GVB era. And the Rangers fans, what's the sense you get of the Rangers fans over the past couple of weeks with the return of Michael Beale? Yeah, I think there's plenty of positivity. You know, as I, think, I think he's he's spoken very well about his plans. I think he's been quite open. You know, he wants, you know, as I said, a higher press, a bit more intensity a bit more freedom I think maybe they felt that under Giovanni Van Brockhurst it was a little bit rigid so I think he wants to open them up release them um, a bit and uh, you know tonight I think it's a perfect platform for Rangers under the new regime they're playing against Hibs remember I think they're seventh in the table hardly won a game in the past couple of months so there's pressure on them too so what will be interesting Paul is this break coming at this time of year we're getting into the unknown we're getting into the unknown middle of December starts back after a four week break you remember our winter breaks in January were two weeks this has been a proper break so let's see who, but he said there a great line they're chomping at the bit to go and get going in front of 50,000 fans tonight if you can't do it tonight you'll never be able to do it 
Peter, the Celtic fans chomping at the bit to get back to it as well because they were in terrific form before the break. Uh, Juranovic, what a World Cup he's had since I last saw you. Obviously, he's exited, but he's still got the third place game at the weekend. How do you feel about the campaign for Juranovic and how that might affect Celtic? It looks as though he'll probably go soon. Listen, I think the manager already prepared for that with Johnson. Um, we spoke about that before, so there must have been talks going on. And fair play to the boy because he never came out and said he wanted to leave. He's just played his game. Against Brazil, I thought he was magnificent. World-class in that performance. But I must admit, the next game I was disappointed. And I was disappointed because all the things he'd done in the Brazil game, he didn't do. He was sort of staying back at the halfway line. He wasn't running forward. And it's easy for us, me sitting here saying that, but maybe he's carrying an injury. You know, the game's coming quick and fast. You know, turning around, maybe never had that energy left in him, you know. so. But I was really disappointed in one because I thought it was more on for him, believe it or not, in that particular game. But against Brazil, we said that'd be a massive test for them, and he was brilliant. And listen, fair play to him. If he goes and he puts in their performances and so-called clubs are going to pay crazy money for them, it's another fantastic piece of business for Celtic. Then if they get top dollar for him and going with that performance in the World Cup, he could play for any of the top teams in that performance. And he proved that because, listen, you're playing against two guys like Neymar yeah. come over his side, sure. you know, the, the next is, the next is, or whatever, how yeah, you say his Vinicius name. Junior. Vinicius Junior. I can't pronounce it either, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and as I say, I look at him and I think to myself, well, you're not going to get more yep. difficult a test wherever you play. So he's proven he can do that and I think he'll have a lot more interest than he did before he went into the competition, that's for sure. The outstanding Scottish-based player at the World Cup, uh, Josip Juranovic. Yeah, and of course he's got the third place uh, mm. playoff against Morocco on Saturday. Another chance to, although maybe he won't play, uh, maybe the the um, they'll play some of the, the sort of fringe players. But he's in, he's enhanced his reputation. He'll certainly have enhanced his value. There's been a lot of uh, talk surrounding Juranovic now for five months, Paul, going way back to the summer. Um, but again, it's the exact kind of policy that, that you want. You sign him from Polish football, two and a half million quid. Hardly anybody's heard of him. He comes in takes a place by storm, an integral part of everything that's been positive about Celtic for the past 18 months and now you're potentially selling them, I don't know, average end between 12 and 18 million quid mm -hmm. you're probably selling them for um, at some point over the next uh, five weeks. And the other positive for Celtic is what's clear under this manager, Postacoglu, is they're prepared for all eventualities. And they've got Alistair Johnson in, they've got Anthony Ralston. By the way, if they don't get the price that they're looking for, Juranovic will stay, not a problem. There's no financial pressure on Celtic to sell. But ideally now it looks as though they will cash in because he's red hot. Mark Guidi, Paul Cooney and Peter Grant. You ready for some phone calls, Peter? Ready and Mark, ready. Mark? Aye, absolutely. Standing by, let's go on the lines. 0808 17 17 700. And Scott is on the line. And Scott, you're on the way to Ibrooks tonight. Good evening. Hi guys, how you doing? Good evening, Scott. Good. Hi, Scott. How are you feeling now that it's back? Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic about Michael Beale. I think there's still some question marks that need answered. But from what I've seen and what I've heard in press conferences and at the Leverkusen friendly, uh, cautiously optimistic, I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah, what are the question marks for you as a big Rangers fan? One of the question, one of the things I had with Gio was if he, I thought Gio lacked the sort of personality and the sort of character that you see from Stephen Gerrard, for example, great man like Walter Smith, for example, sort of an aura that they had. I didn't see that with Gio and I wasn't sure Michael Beale had that. But from his press conferences, I've kind of, that question mark sort of been eased, but it's still sort of hanging there. Peter? No, I understand what Scott's saying. I think that the problem you've got is is perception. 
people see you jumping about like a madman, they think that's not good enough. You know, you should calm yourself down, you're irritating your players and whatever. I think Gio was very studious in what he'd done. And I think, as a manager, you have to be doing that. You have, can't be the supporter. I've been there when I come back to Celtic as part of Tony's coaching staff. And I, I was very, very cautious that I didn't want to be the scarf. That, I was very, very conscious of that. You know, it was very important for me because I thought I'd earned it with the fact I'd done a hell of a lot of coaching and I wanted to concentrate in the game. So when even when we scored goals, I was more interested in what we do next. And I think Gio was very much that because I think tactically, and I've said it before, I thought he was better than Stephen in the respect of that. He would change the game and he'd change the pattern, his team or whatever. When he had everybody available, to be fair to him, even when he never had other guys available, he couldn't do it as often, obviously. And I think that was a big effect on Rangers' uh, results, obviously. But when he did see it in games, and I, th I think he'd done it tremendously well, but his personality was always that type. If you watched him, wherever he's been, that's the way he's been. You know, and you can't change this because you're going out to Rangers Football Club. And I, I agree with you. I'm not sure Michael Beale's got that either. <laughs> Stephen Gerrard had it because of what, his playing career, not as his management career. He had the probably aura because of the boys he brought up. He carried it because of who he was more than anything else. Mark, what do you observe about Michael Beale so far? I mean, you know him from the time he was up here yeah. until just over a year ago. How's he making that transition so far? Well, I think what what he's what he said, how he's presented himself in the past two weeks as the manager of Rangers, I think has been very positive. You yeah. know, I think you know, as, as a supporter or as someone in the media, you're looking for information, you're looking for knowledge, and he, and he gives you something that's quite open. Now we all know that can change pretty quickly because you learn and you make a couple of a couple of sore ones, but. He's, he's making himself pretty open in terms of what he wants to do, how he wants his team to play. As I said, there's a lot of positivity coming out um, of Auckland Howie, the training centre in terms of the day-to-day -day stuff. 80% of the players know him, have worked with him um, already. And what he's got to go and do, um, because Van Bronckhorst at this time last year, he, get, he improved what, what he had, turned him around, because it, I think Rangers were on the slide laterally under Gerrard. Uh, you know, I think a partner of the ways was inevitable and, it's, and it was perfect for everyone at that time. Van Bronckhorst went and turned it around. Look at the Morelos that he inherited, what he got out of him the, the next six months. The Bassey he inherited. If you want to go way back to, to Alec McLeish more than 20 years ago, mm -hmm. look what Alec McLeish inherited and what he turned them. The minute. same players yep. got more out of him. Martin O'Neill at Celtic 20 years ago. Look at what he got. Bump, bump, bump. Brendan Rodgers five or six years ago. So that's first of all what Michael does what he do. Work hard with what he's got. Because there might not be a lot of funds there. Yep. So you've got to get get more out of what you have. And it's clear with the performances of Rangers in the past three or four months that some of the players, for different reasons, have not been pulling their weight and not doing it on the part. And tonight is a chance to impress your manager, stay in the team and win back the trust of the supporters. Scott, here's what your manager had to say about what you, the fans, can expect. Oh, I think they'll see a team close to to in style, really, to what they were used to when I was here under Stephen in terms of the way that we want to play and play close together and play front foot attacking football. Certainly there'll be elements of Gio and he staff as well within that and I think you'll see over time that evolving. But my ideas haven't changed too much to when I was here previously. Um, and I think it's just about freeing one or two players up. That always happens when a new coach comes in. That's nothing against the, the previous management team, but it almost shuffles the pack when a new coach comes in and changes the system a little bit that you're using. And I'm hoping to see that renewed energy in one or two. And I think it's important for them that they they show that as well. Scott, what do you think the lineup is tonight? You know, there's been chat that he might play two up front. I'm not sure. I'm. I don't. I'm, everyone seems to be talking about two up front, but every time I've seen Morelos play two up front, I don't think it's worked. 
whether it was with Lafferty in the first season, Defoe, and then Ruth, Cholak to an extent yeah. for a couple of games this season. Morelos has never really been a two up top centre forward. Mm-hmm. He's always liked to sort of carry, he's always liked to have the space to himself and have 1v2 in terms of him versus two centre halves. But maybe if you get someone like a Ryan Kent or an Alex Lowry, who I think is a top player, maybe closer to him rather than a Cholak who wouldn't occupy the same space. I think that's probably a better thing to do rather than have two up front. Yeah, I, I, I know you. I, I think it's a good point you make, Scott, uh, about Morelos. And, and Morelos is one of the ones that has got to be a complete change of uh, of attitude. You know, he, he's got to go and show that he's worthy of being at the club and he deserves to be um, a part of it. But I think looking as well into what Michael Beale said from his very first press conference that he'd love to have a Kima Roof fit. And I think the fact that Kima Roof hasn't been available all season has been why that um, Giovanni Van Brockers had to put up with um, um, Morelos' lack of professionalism at different times because he had no other options apart from Cholak. So he had to keep Morelos sweet uh, in many ways. But I think if you get Kima Roof back fit, I think he is the best striker um, at the club and, and current ones and what he's able to do. Uh, but it's just his attendance record um, isn't good enough. But if you can get him fit for the second half of the season, I think uh, Michael Beale would be absolutely delighted about that. Peter? That probably tells you how well Cholak done. Because mm. the team's been playing so poorly. You know, he's not making any service. Yeah. And he scored the amount of goals he has done. So it would be interesting to see if, if the team start to play better and play Cholak. You know, <laughs> will they get more chances if the team's going to be on the front foot more? I agree. I don't think they've got a striker that can play with two. I've always said that because I think Arfield's been probably the best one that's played behind them because he's a goal threat. He runs well from the middle of the field. Fine space, fine space. He? he gets in the box and he's willing to run beyond. I know people say about his legs, and I don't watch obviously the Rangers games live all the time, so I don't get to see him. people. Some people will be critical of certain parts of his game, but that is the one thing he's a major threat at getting goals and arriving in the box, and it's the most difficult thing to pick up. But I think you've got to give great credit to Cholak because if you think Ryan Kent, Morelos' performances, and you wouldn't say anybody else because they've chopped and changed either side of the pitch, you know, any of the wide players, you know, so to score, what is it, nine goals or something he's got already this season? You know, so fair play to him. I think it will be interesting to see how he evolves, you know. Lundstrom will be the interesting one because he seems to have been left back out at the weekend again. And he didn't play that much under Stephen. And it was only when Gio came in that he started to perform the way he did. So that'll be interesting to see how that one works out as well. So if they get everybody fit, as I've said before, yeah. and but I keep going back to it, the players should be ashamed. If people are telling you a new manager comes in makes you work harder or run harder, you should have been at Rangers yeah. Football Club. Yeah. <laughs> and if a manager thinks that, and I know people say they get a lift, yeah, that only happens for so long. It's with inside your jersey and your heart, which you've got to do every time you pull on your jersey, you've got to go out and give everything, no matter who the manager is. Well, the roads are busy tonight on the M8. We'll hear again from Chris shortly, but you can imagine the sub zero temperatures. Andy Walker was in that seat last night. He's there on Sky tonight. We're doing the build up here on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. And we're just about to ask Peter Grant if he were the Rangers manager, suspend reality for a moment. What's the surprise you would have tonight? Because you think maybe he's got a surprise up his sleeve. Maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. He said yesterday there's some good news about Ben Davies and also Connor Goldson. They've both trained. It's obviously, you know, Connor's not been available for a long time. Ben's shorter amount of time as well compared to Connor, but I wouldn't say they're absolutely 100% for the game, but they both have returned to training, which is the good news. And it's just now about getting them ready to play 90 minutes. I think the amount of subs you can have and also having to, the ability to use five in-game 
it gives me an option to, to work them back within games rather than just outside of the team. Well, I think that's interesting because you're talking about centre-backs. I don't think you chop and change centre-backs during the game, no matter if I've got five subs or whatever. You know, I think if Davis and Golson are training, the only way you're going to get them fitter is playing matches. If they're fit to play, you know, they're going to play in bounce games, it never gets you up to speed. It gets you through it and feels your injury's OK. That's what it gives you, but it doesn't get you up to speed. So if, I think if they're ready, I would play them. So they might be in from the start. That, and that we'll could be the surprise. Because yeah. I say, you're not going to yep. change centre half exactly. during the game. You know, it's just not going to happen. Exactly what Andy Walker was saying last night. Scott, would you be happy? I mean, Conor Goldson's been such a, a stalwart and an ever present for you until that injury a few months ago. Uh, what are you looking for tonight, apart from a Rangers win, obviously? But have you got any surprises up your sleeve, do you think, that the manager will have in an hour's time? I'd really like to see Alex Lowry start. Yeah, I it's... think Alex Lowry has got potential to go as high as he wants, just on talent. Mm-hmm. I think Gio was talking about his attitude. I don't know if that's a big issue. But even he came on against Leverkusen and you just see the boy, he's got mm-hmm. quality. I think if Ryan Kent doesn't sign a new contract, then Alex Lowry's our left winger till however long he wants. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm comparing Alex Lowry's playing style to one playing world, it's probably someone like Jack Grealish. A winger who's not the mm-hmm. quickest, but a very good dribbler, draws a lot of fouls, gets, can get numbers as well. Mark, can you see that? Yeah, Alex Lowry. Well, listen, what, what yeah. you've got to do, at, you know, every club and, and, and for Rangers, you know, they spend fortunes on, on their academy. So you, you want to see boys coming through. Alex Lowry had a taste of it under Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Whenever I watched him, Paul, I was impressed. I think he has got the potential to be that wee bit special. And like I said earlier, that's for Michael Beale. You want to see him getting a hold of one or two of the best kids and working with them. You know, conscientious coaching. You're spending time with them mm. in the afternoons, whether it's out in the training pitch or in front of the screen, going through drills, going through positional play, just educating the boy. That's what Michael Beale's best attributes are is as a coach and getting somebody like Alex Lowry would be a great starting point. Scott, you're back tonight. What's your scoreline? Yeah, uh, solid. I'll go 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. And you're going to get some bovril tonight. They still have the bovril. You need some. You're going to get a pie. What are you having? <laughs> Hot water bottle. I read anything to warm it up. Scott, thanks a lot. Enjoy the game. Enjoy, Scott. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go. It's the Go Radio Football Show, 26 minutes past five here. Minus, what is it, two at the moment? We'll double check in a moment too. Thanks, Chris, for the traffic and travel. 50,000 people heading to Govan to Ibrook Stadium. Peter, that's where you made your uh, old firm, big Glasgow derby, wasn't it? Yeah, my yeah. debut for Celtic, actually. My first ever game, you know. Aged. went there, so 17. 17, yeah, yeah, 17. And as I say, we lost 1 0. Bobby Williamson overhead kick, so I'll never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so but it was great. Yeah. I mean, you had Peter McCloy and that guys that I used to watch, you know, they were all playing that particular game. Jimmy Nickel, the Gavin Lighthouse, yeah, there, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, Nichol, they were yeah. all there at that time, and it was fantastic for me. But McCoy gave me five studs right in the chest, Did he? Uh-huh. the first yeah. five minutes, he you know, the oh, right, right in the chest. And I I'm think kidding. I always remember. <laughs> 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 Joking. That was the only thing he missed. He never missed much after no, that. That's could have sure. been, been worse. You know, exactly. But as I say, yep. it was, I think he was just testing. I think it was the only tackle he ever done in his life. Oh, there we are. <laughs> right on the line now is Alistair McCoy. <laughs> Ali, how are you? <laughs> no, Reagan, great to hear you. Good evening, Reagan. Paul, how are you doing? Great. Yeah, we're good, thank you. You can tell the football's back. I mean, with the World Cup, we're enjoying. 
great to have Scottish football back. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a like dip- that's a bit diplomatic, <laughs> isn't it? I sound like as if I'm from the SRP or some of the SPFL. <laughs> Major the money they're on. Right, uh, yeah, Megan, exactly. what's in your mind? No, I'm just looking forward to having the football back, Paul. Um, I think it'll be a good game tonight, but no, it's just great to have the football back, in it? Yeah, it's um, yeah. And I'm interested to see what you guys think that Juranovic will go for. Because I see people talking about twenty million pounds, but I don't know. I don't know if he's worth twenty million. I know he played very well against uh, against Brazil, but I'm still not sure twenty million. I think that's almost sorry a secret here, isn't it? That you say keep it in Scotland. It, it, is he as good as some people are saying? Papers were saying twenty to twenty-five million, Peter, the other day. Well, you look what players move for nowadays. I, I see youth team players going for that, Paul, down south. You know what I mean? So, and I've never heard yeah. them. You know, 18 years of age, so guys move away from Chelsea, you've never heard the Heidner area of them, and they went away for 10 million. So, if you're going to somewhere like England, they're willing to pay that type of money. And as I say, if you look at his performance against quality, that, that's the way, it, that's how it jumps up all of a sudden. And there's no getting away from that because people always question the fact that, oh, he's playing in Scotland. He's went in the biggest stage and one of the biggest game probably he'll ever have played in at this moment in time, no matter what we say, against Brazil, quarter final was it? And he was outstanding. As I say, I was more disappointed in his next performance because I say I thought he should have done more than that. And if he'd if he'd have layered that on with the way he'd played in the game prior, people would have been saying, "Well, he could go anywhere." I mean, yeah. all, all of a sudden after that game, they were talking about Barcelona, and I could see that because if you think the boy Dest had played at Barcelona and they've put him out in loan just now, and he looked light years ahead of him, you know, both defensively and attacking. You know, a couple of things in his game. You know, you look at it as a coach. And you're saying let down the first game against Canada, he get caught in the, fo- the goal in the first minute. Yeah. You know, you think, how's he going to respond for that? I, then I look at, the, was it the Argentina game? He sort of dipped his toe in in the tackle and it's ricocheted back again. So there was a wee disappointing things for me, you know. And, but they're very, very difficult to get the ones that can go up and down the pitch the way he did for 90-odd minutes. It was phenomenal, an extra time, whatever. And he's proven that he could, his, his energy was phenomenal. But he still got to work on his quality and his final ball at times so all these wee things come in but 20 million after his performance and that I wouldn't yeah. be surprised because it depends Celtic will be delighted with the performance because at the end of the day if on that big stage against the, the quality of player against for sure big clubs will be looking at him 20 million Mark what do you think? I don't, I don't think it'll be far away from that mm. um, Paul um, it, it, I know it's the most obvious thing to say. it just depends what our clubs willing yeah. to pay from how desperate they are for right back, how much Celtic can can squeeze out of them, um, but yeah, you know, do I see him being being high teens towards the twenty? Yeah, I do. Do I see him going for twenty two to twenty four? No, I don't. I think maybe I think it'll be a kind of sixteen to eighteen uh, region. He's a Champions League player, and he's now a World Cup a World Cup semi finalist with, with Croatia. So for big clubs down south, um, he's been linked with Torino, Serie A clubs. He's been linked with Atletico Madrid. It's a hell of a lot of money. Uh, they'll see that as good value for him. And, and, and has, he played, has he ever played better for Celtic, even in the Champions League, as he did in that performance? Mm, probably no, not. Peter, I, I, I don't think no, so. Yeah. Regan, do you? Nope. No, I, I don't um, think so either, Regan. I, I, thought when he played, I thought when he played against Brazil, that was his best, uh, the best he's ever played, I think. Um, yeah. I would say he played well against Rangers when Celtic beat Rangers 3 0 at Celtic Park last year um, to win the league, but. No, I don't think he's played that uh, to a top level, but I thought against Brazil he played really, really well, Paul. Exactly. When you look at that, Regan, as well, the amount of people that was talking about him 
the quality of people, yeah. the Klinsmans and all that talking about him, his performance. I mean, that doesn't go unnoticed because people look at that and say, listen, it just wasn't one player he was playing against. It was two top yeah. quality players that was coming over to that side and filled that side. But he made them defend. You know, he was running up and down that pitch and he was very, very unfortunate not to be in a semi-final or a, a sure. quarter-final. And maybe he was under instructions by the manager to just stay deeper yeah. against Argentina. Yeah. Um, Torino have been in talks about signing him. Their name won't go away at the moment. Alistair Johnson, whom you mentioned as a possible replacement uh, alongside yep. Tony Ralston, he was speaking about it, obviously played for Canada in that 2-1 game, and he got a word with uh, Juranovic. No, I did actually talk to him a little bit after. Um, just said hello, and, and uh, he was really good about coming out of his way to make sure he came and found me even after a, a big 4-1 win for them. Um, he's a great player. He was, he was, I thought he was one of the best players in the pitch, and he's been showing that all World Cup, so... You know, let's hope that Croatia can keep doing what they're doing and, and you know, potentially lift the World Cup at this point. That'd be a good chat, wouldn't it? Hello, can I have your jersey? <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear number two now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere, Regan, what are you thinking? Aberdeen, lunchtime on Saturday. Yep. What, what are you I thinking? Think, I think it'll be very, very uh, difficult, Paul, especially because we've been north for, for weeks. Yeah. I think it's kind of like that. You know that when uh, you play the first... The, the first game of the season, yeah. I think it's going to kind of feel too, where you don't really know mm. who's going to be up for it or not. And, well, of course, Delta have been to Australia and played mm. well, but it's okay going to Australia. I mean, they got two or three million from them, but I don't know what, what they actually did over there. So I think it'll be a difficult game. I'm going to say 1 0 to Celtic. Oof. I think yeah. it'll be, I think it'll be a close game. But I, I think it's I think it's also worth to put out, Paul, that. Celtic need to get through this game unscathed because I think Rangers will win tonight quite uh, by a lot of goals. I'm going to go 4 or 5 nil. Um And then I think Celtic play St. Johnson at home and then David Martindale play at home. So I think the Aberdeen game will be the one that Ange post to come will see. That if he can get three points there, then that will do Celtic uh, very good. Mark? Just get the three points. Oh yeah, Paul. That's that's all that that matters. Particularly when you're going to Pataudry. Lunchtime's going to be minus six, minus seven, minus eight. First game back. Yeah, you had that. You know, seven, eight, um, seven, eight days in Australia, four or five days in Portugal. Um, you know, you're talking about the likes of Juranovic who you know, I, I dare say, you no, know, he's not going to be there on Saturday because he's still involved with, with, with his country. So yeah, there's a lot of unknowns, as you say. But um, Celtic have got such quality and such depth. Uh, and the squad the demands that the manager plays to us and that you would expect Celtic to win but I think it'll be a tough game and I agree with Regan probably I think just a goal in it Paul just checking yeah you're right Marks minus on Saturday in Aberdeen but no snow which is unusual at the end of the year <laughs> isn't it for Aberdeen um, everyone lots of calls last night as well everyone expects Rangers to thrash Hibs tonight Peter how would you see it I'm talking Rangers first well you would expect that the way Michael spoke about they're all champing at the bit by all accounts if the mm. players are that ready to come out the traps then you've got a full 50,000 people behind you you know you should expect that you know Hibs have not been playing well you know they've been under pressure and I think they're a team you know that if you start right against them and do your job properly you can run over the top of them especially if you're Celtic or a Rangers with the quality you have but as you say if they do it the other way if they start slowly and Hibs get a goal in front then it'll be interesting to see because then does it come back to not the change of manager then does it the mindset of the players start to wobble a little bit again and that that's yeah. a fragile bit you're at at this moment and Regan's right about Celtic 
it's like a European night, isn't it? Because you play on a Thursday, all of a sudden, and I've always said that, when Celtic played first, it was always great because you knew then Rangers had to win. Now Rangers bring it back and people talk about bringing it back to six points. Then you go to Aberdeen, mm. you know, you have to try and win that game, you know, to bring that back again, you know, and then Rangers, I think, play Aberdeen in that midweek, am I correctly? Mm. You know, so all these sort of things, you know, um, I, I'm not sure of the fixtures run about that, but... I think it's going to be important that Celtic do start with a victory, but knowing Jim Goodwin's teams are always difficult to play against, you know, if you don't start right. And he will be making sure that this part of the season, that he's worked with these players now, he's had these boys in the door and everybody's been there able to train with them. And you'll see that, but it is like a, the first game of the season, you don't really know what's going to happen, but I think Celtic, with the quality they have, if Callum McGregor's fully fit now, a player that they missed, you thought they would miss, but the team done fantastically well without him. He's their most important player, so having him back is like a new signing for them. And any thoughts before you go, Reagan, on uh, Gigi? What about Gikamakis? 17 goals last season, 11 so far this year, but it looks as though he could be on his way. I mean, he's in a long term contract, yeah. but I wonder what the plan is, though, if he does go. I think Celtic will be planned for that, uh, Paul. I think uh, I said this a few weeks ago when Mark was doing it. I think Gikamakis for me is the best striker in Scotland. I think Kyogo is very, is very versatile what he does, but I think Jack and Marcus choose over something very different. Mm-hmm. But I think Celtic have got a plan there, Paul, that if, that if um, Jack and Marcus goes, they've got somebody in line, because I don't know if you noticed this week, Paul, but uh, jo- uh, C. Alistair Johnson that they got from Canada, yeah. he said that Celtic were in contact with him two or three months ago. Mm-hmm. So Celtic are already planning for who they've got, and I, I think that makes a big change from in the past when they were uh, managed by Neil Lennon and uh, they had a few of the... No, no, yeah. And no one knew who the director of football was and the, and the manager sure. wasn't happy. So I think that in terms of Jack and Marcus, they'll be hoping that he stays. But I think Celtic will be well, pla- uh, be well planned if he does go. Peter, come on, tell us. What's the plan? No, but I think I agree because I think Jack and Marcus is completely different. You know, I think that's always important. You know, the way Celtic play, you can have Kyogo who loves to go and press people and run in behind. He's got great runs and great movement. Jack and Marcus, if you needn't have to mix it, you know, put crosses in the box. He's very aggressive. He attacks the front post as well as the back post for a big guy. You know, and he loves to score a goal, which he's proven to do. I'd be disappointed if we lost him. You know, I really would be because I think he's a big player and he gives us something different. But as you say, the modern day, unfortunately, you know, as soon as someone does well with a Celtic or a Rangers, they do well, as Rangers proved last year, when they do well, they lose their players. Celtic players do well, unfortunately, financially, you can't afford to keep them because they can outbid you for wages-wise. And the manager's managed to maintain that with the group. He's managed to maintain a group that's hungry, you know, all pushing in the same direction. So unless he has got someone come in, but he won't let a Jack and Marcus of that upset the apple cat, that's for yeah. sure. So if he thought, yeah. thought that was going to happen, he'd be moving them out slightly. But it'd be difficult to replace for the type of player he is. And I think that's the thing. I would be wanting to make sure that he stays there. I definitely wouldn't be letting him go in this window, 100%. You know, if it comes the summertime then when I'm fully prepared for the next season, fine. And I got the money I'm looking for, but definitely not in this window. Mark, what do you expect to happen? Uh, oh, again, like we said with Juranovic the past six months, um, there appears to be kind of similar soundings from, from Jack Amakis. Look, if it's me, Paul, I'd I'd be really pushing the boat out to keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, money talks. And uh, I dare say, you know, he'll be on a very good contract, but he won't be one of the biggest earners at the club considering they got him for two and a half million quid for Dutch football. Right. So I agree with Peter 100%. would totally send out their own message to, to, uh, to sell him. 
uh, in the next window. Um, so keep him and try and persuade him to stay because good number nines are so hard to find yeah. and he does bring yeah. something different. He brings an, a, a, more of a balance uh, to the squad. Um, so no, I'd be doing everything possible uh, and, and make him put him into the top five or six earners at the club because I think I think he deserves it. The question might be if he, the family, have settled or not settled here that's in always, Scotland. But that's always a question. You know, we can always yeah. look for excuses for anyone. Yeah. And anyway, if the boy's happy here, and I've always said it, you know, if you're not needing, I mean, he's asking for crazy money and silly money, which is impossible to do, yeah. because you know that then you have no chance of winning. If you know he's within your wage structure and you can do that and you're getting value for money, I don't know when his contract's up. His contract has got two years three left. Three and a half years. Well, he's got yeah. three and a half years left. Yeah. So at the end of the day, as I say, I've worked with chairman who used to always sign him on a four-year deal, but guarantee they were going to sell him in the third because that's when they would make the money. You know, there was no doubt of that. You either signed a new contract or you were gone because they wanted to get value for their money. And that's the sort of thing you would do with Jack Amakis when he's got that amount of time left because I think he's too big a player and he's got a bit of personality about him and he's come on as a substitute, he goes about his business properly. You know, when he starts, he goes about his business properly. And very, as Mark says, it's very difficult to get a number nine who was a top goal scorer on Dutch football for a relegated team. Yep. You know, it's not easy to find. Sure. Regan, before you go, who's going to win the World Cup? Mbappe or Messi? I'll go for Mbappe. I'll go. I I just think that fr- that in terms of the the French national team, they've been there and done it, and uh, they won it last time. And I think they've got that experience. I, I don't know if the expectation maybe go, go for Argentina, but I mm-hmm. I think it would be great if Messi did win it. Um, I do, I do find that amazing, Paul. The amount of people from Argentina that have managed to get there. <laughs> yeah, incredible. I we mean, talked about that last night. It's phenomenal, amazing. isn't it? Which anthem amazing. do you like better? The French one's amazing, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's brilliant. Peter, I mean, we had John Hartson singing the Welsh a few months ago. Peter, would you sing the oh, French anthem oh, for I'm us? sorry, I can't. No? Yeah, I'm not very good at all. I wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> I'd give you and a laugh. Not miss you, no. <laughs> I love when you speak Spanish. Me like. <laughs> and have you enjoyed the World Cup, Reagan? Um, I enjoyed it once, once I can get put out, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think I think it's been very different. It's been very different uh, with the World Cup being so close to Christmas. But yeah, it's been it's been very good to watch. I mean, of course, some of the games in the group stage were a little bit boring. But I mean, I, I just hope next time, Paul, that Scotland can get there and Steve Clark um, would be able to manage Scotland in a World Cup because that would be amazing. That would, really would. We hope so. Merci, Regan, or gracias if it's going to be Argentina. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go. You know the number 0808 17 17 700. Paul Cooney, Peter Grant, Mark Guidi. On the night Scottish football comes back in the SPFL, of course it's continued in the first and second and the championship and Mark and Peter have been at plenty of games in recent weeks. Wrap up warmly tonight. It's a night for the, the hot drink when you arrive. What's your ritual, Mark, when you arrive? Do you get a wee coffee or a, is it a, a Chardonnay co- or something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, read your, I've read the columns. <laughs> a coffee, Paul. A coffee like before a coffee, yeah. yeah, a coffee. Bovro, is it still there, Peter? Oh, Bovro's still oh, there. You can't and a macaroon bar. <laughs> <laughs> go to the full hog. <laughs> Let's go crazy. Eight o'clock kickoff tonight, of course, for Rangers against Hibs. We were talking there about how it might go. People seem to think it'll be comprehensive for Rangers, but that can be dangerous, Mark, can't it, going in? I'm, I'm sure yeah. the players won't go in with that mindset. 
Aye, but you've got to go and get the business done and, and, and show what you're all about. It's the first game back. I mean, everybody's excited about tonight. Rangers have got a new manager. It's a massive job. It's live in the telly. Um, Rangers have got to go and show, as I say, that they can make a fist of it, that Celtic, they're not going to allow Celtic to run away with it. I mean, I think Celtic, strong, strong favourites. Um, you know, I don't see Celtic having too many problems winning the league uh, this season. But Rangers have got to show that they mean business, that they can be proper challengers. And if it's not to be the league title, which is a, a hell of an ask, but certainly, you know, the cups, you know, I think Michael Beale said that you know, need to go and win a piece of win a piece of silverware. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst managed to do that. You know, he got the Scottish Cup, got to European final. Um so you know there's there's a lot to live up to there. Let's look at the history books for managers. So Giovanni started just over a year ago, as we know. It was a 2-0 win for Rangers. That was his first full time in charge when he was in the dressing room. 2-0 against Sparta Prague. Stephen Gerrard, so that was July 2018, July the 12th. It was a 2-0 win against Schuppel. Remember that one? No. I don't either. <laughs> Pedro Cascina, you'll remember this one. 4-0 Rangers against Hamilton. Mark Warburton in 2015, in July. Hibs 2, Rangers 6. So, is that important for tonight? Ali McCoist, MBE. July 2011, Rangers 1, Hearts 1. Uh, Walter Smith, the late great Walter. 13th of January 2007, that was the second time round, wasn't yeah. it? Rangers yeah. 5, Dundee United 0. Yeah. Own Barry Ferguson got a goal. He was brought back, of course. Yeah. Le Guen put him, you know, more than the naughty step, didn't he? Remember when he, right. he was going to yeah. get yeah. rid of him? Paul Le Guen, July 2006, Motherwell 1, Rangers 2. And Peter, the man that you know so well, we all know him, Big Eck, Alec McLeish, you were at Scotland with him. Uh, December the 15th, 2001, his old club, Motherwell 2, Rangers 2. Alex was phenomenal. He'd done magnificent when you think of the trophies he won with Rangers, you know. And you could see that Alex was slightly different. He had an aura about him. He knew the game inside out in the respect of that. But also the fact is, he knew what Rangers was about. You know, I think obviously that big Aberdeen fight against Rangers was always yeah. big, and they were such a special team under Sir Alex Ferguson with him and Wally Miller and that playing. So they know the expectation. He'd done really well at Hibs, you know, as well. You know, so he was going into the job. He was wide-eyed. He knew what he was going to do. And I think when Dick moved up the stairs for a little while. Right. You know? Hard to follow somebody like Dick uh, Advocate into those brogues. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I like, like Dave Brogues. Yeah. Um, but no, he turned out to be very successful. But he won, am I right, two trophies in that first oh, season? He did, yeah. Uh, two, yeah. Two, he won two trophies. And that's very, very important for you. Yep. yep. And there's a breaking news, Paul, about Rangers. That we we said reveal. there's going to be a surprise. Mark, you've got it first. Yanis Hadji has signed a new contract with the club as Michael Beale hinted at it yesterday there was going to be big news in the back of Leon King and it's Yanis Hadji the Romanian playmaker has signed a new contract with the club You heard it first here in Go Radio we do have Sky on in the background but uh, <laughs> just a disclaimer but Mark Peter there you are Yanis Hadji Fantastic extending. a very good player if he's fit unfortunately the boys had injury problems you know and I've said that I mean you had the same problems when you've got all these boys not available it makes it more difficult as a manager you not get the best players available and that's one thing because if they've still not got the same players available it'll still be difficult for Michael Beale let's not be kidded because the squad wasn't good enough with all injuries to carry the injuries that they had so they won't be good enough I know they're going into the transfer window and that'll be interesting to see the, the, I know there's loads of speculation about guys down south and that coming up that Michael will know but it's very very important you get these guys in to strengthen your group that you already have but also the fact to get the boys back and who say like say Hadji and that they've obviously looked at that and said to himself he's, he's in, uh, coming out the other end of a horrendous injury and he's a big quality he's a big player for Rangers but he's a quality player as well you know which is very very important if you want to play for the top teams Mark we've not seen enough of Yanis Hadji no, but, so, but 
we've seen enough to know he's quality Paul and uh, that's a good boost uh, for Rangers that's Michael Beale going in right away he's put the arm round Hadji and said listen you're going to have a big part of my plans sign a new deal we'll give him a lift as he's just on that final stretch to getting back to fitness etc etc so yeah it's good news for Rangers you know Hadji's a guy from middle to front that can go and win a game um, for you and you know he's a kind of guy that it's probably the fact that he's not been available for the past year or so Paul that's put more pressure on Kent week after week and you know he's not been able to live up to that um, often enough whereas you get somebody like like, like Hadji in he comes in all of a sudden he, he brings a different dimension to the team so what's his really best position Mark? what's his best position I've, I've, as it, I said the times is he number 10 is he in off the right um, Peter I think he floats I think he floats about you know, I is think he one of the pulled. ones that can play if you're playing with that one striker he plays behind him has he got that can. goal threat to play there I think he can you know, he can, can unlock the fit I think he's you know his final ball eye the needle kind of, kind of stuff he can, he can pick a lovely pass in the final third and you always need that quality you know you, you can have dogs of war and I know that myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can have dogs of war but you need that little bit of quality that's going to be creative for you they've not really had that in the respect of that as I say I know they've had a lot of injuries and when you're not playing with confidence it hurts the team but when you've got quality players and you've got all them available a hell of a difference it makes to your squad it's hard as well when you're carrying the name isn't it Hadji because his dad was such a phenomenal player oh absolutely but at the end of the day the boys always said I mean, improved it with his yeah. performances you know wherever he's played mm. you know uh, European tournaments I remember him playing against England uh, one of the under 20s and England was full of these superstars Jack Grealish and all these Phil Foden's all that uh, Tyrone Mings they were all playing in it and he tore them apart he was, he? They, yeah. they were excellent mm. and he played exceptionally well in that particular uh, game so you are Rangers fans that's the, the news we knew there was someone else was about to sign a longer deal and it's Yanis Hadji Leon King has signed his contract as well so I'm about to play something where Michael Beale yesterday said no player is safe apart from Leon King and Yanis Hadji we look to improve and I would say that no one's safe because I don't want to bring any fillers into the squad I only want to bring people in that can start in the first 11 so I'll have my own opinion on that which might differ from maybe the opinions one or two months ago it's important I give everybody an opportunity to show but it's certainly I want to strengthen the squad and in every single position I think we can improve the squad like most managers would say I don't think anybody's safe here I think there's some players that are that are important to Rangers but at the same time I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hassle in terms of uh, bringing someone in that I thought was stronger for the starting 11 I don't want to bring any fillers into the building no fillers Peter I've always said, Paul, if you're bringing people in the door, they've got to excite the people on the training ground. Yeah. They've got to be better than the guys you have, especially at clubs like Celtic and Rangers. You have to be make sure that these guys are coming to make sure they're taking you forward. Because we see that, and probably that was the one negative probably that kept getting flung at Gio was the Yelmaz scenario, yeah. talking about bringing a left-back to replace Barisic, they were saying, and all of a sudden didn't play for the first three or four months. You've got to bring these guys in ready to play. But I've always said there is good players out there but it takes a mentality to play with Rangers or Celtic. You know, and I keep saying that, and they can look good players elsewhere, and they're not easy to find. I mean, I played in a period of time when we brought guys from big clubs with big reputations and fell under the dike because they were brilliant in training. Mm -hmm. But come at Saturday, when we weren't playing particularly well, we were getting a bit of criticism over that. It just faded and died. Can you think of somebody that would... Yeah, but I wouldn't mention their names. There's more than no, one. Of course, yeah. There was more really? than one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big names that Oh, come... massive names. Yeah. And big clubs, which we thought were mm -hmm. big clubs. And really, really struggled, you know. And I found it surprising because they were fantastic boys. And in the training pitch, they looked brilliant. And I could see why the manager was in a sort of yeah. difficult position because whether he played them, whether he not. But he knew they couldn't probably handle the criticism they were getting because we were only playing well enough at that particular time. And as I say, it takes a type, different type of character. And that's why... 
If Michael goes off to a good start with getting results, it's very important to win. And then you bring players in on top of that who you think's improving your group, that always makes a difference. But the bottom line is you have to keep winning while you're doing that because if you're bringing players in and the, 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 the morale's low and the confidence is low, that always makes it difficult for them as well, you know? Peter is keeping get, it we'll in get, exactly. We'll get, we'll get names at him. Mark, I saw you smile. No, if we throw names at you, no. will you, will you say maybe? No. Grant. Right. Peter, great to see you tonight. Thank you so much. They stick together, don't they? The pros and the ex pros. Because they were still very good players. Of course. Because they sure. wouldn't want to prove that even when they left the club. Absolutely. That was a, that was a surprising thing. When they went away again, yep. they become very good players again. No, there's something different about playing in this city for the big two and you always say there's only one club bigger than them or as big yeah. the same pressure and uh, so no Man Manchester <laughs> United yeah. absolutely and uh, as I say that's that's fact yeah. and I'm only saying that because I've been down in England for all that period of time 25 years if I wouldn't have been down there I wouldn't be throwing that but the fact oh. I've been down there and been to them all seen them all seen the pressure that goes with it Manchester United apart None. It's Peter Grant's fact. It's your truth. That's very trendy <laughs> this week, isn't it? Harry and Megan, our truth. I've not got a Netflix doc. Oh, right, right. yeah. I'm not getting paid that type of money. I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't bother. <laughs> um, you get better money, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael Beale, let's hear a little bit more about the changes that he wants to see. Yeah, of course. And I have to change the feeling around the club. I have to change the, the valuation of our players. Is probably not where it should be right now. Some individual players because of how the whole team's perceived. The team's the vehicle. The club's been in a fantastic place maybe five or six months ago going into European final and 12, 18 months ago win the league unbeaten. The players' valuation was much higher in those moments. I think at the moment it's not good for anybody associated with Rangers, the fans who feel it the most, the players as well, and then myself and the staff. So I think between now and May, I need to change that. I need to change that feeling. I need to change the way that we play on the pitch so it showcases the players more and ultimately that, the only way to do that is winning. Yep, Rangers need the win tonight. Yeah. They, they, they do, Paul, you know, a couple of things there. You know, he's absolutely spot on. The valuation, you know, of players in the transfer market isn't where it should be. Um, he's saying no one is safe by Rangers jersey, and nor should they be. Look at the first half of the season. They're trailing Celtic by nine points. They've dropped points at St Mirren, St Johnson, at Home and Livy. The worst record in Champions League history. No points on the board at a six game, two or three hidings. So they should they be safe? So they've got a lot to prove and it probably is if you look at it Paul Stephen going back to Stephen Jenner's time when Michael Beale was his assistant and then Giovanni's year they probably I think they've got just about every ounce possible at peak level for a, for a number of the player and it does need freshened up but to do that you need a good scouting system good contacts people willing to do you one or two wee favours yep. um, you need to be friends with people you need to make friends so you're getting the heads up whether it's agents whether it's other clubs and you need a few quid Plenty to come in the next hour, including are Celtic about to sign a new striker? I don't know. We're going to ask someone's on. And also we'll give you the team news for Rangers against Hibs. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! go. 
there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. One hour, 56 minutes to go and counting until kick-off for part two. It's never happened before. We've never had a month-long break for a World Cup, but it's just happened. The World Cup finishes, of course, on Sunday with uh, Argentina against France this weekend. Everyone's in action on Saturday, apart from Rangers up against Hibs tonight. And in the last half hour of the news, we helped to break it is that Rangers have announced that Yanis Hadji has extended his contract at Rangers. No details yet of how long that contract is. He's been out for nearly a year, isn't it? But he's signed, and so has Leon King, 18-year-old, has signed an extended contract in the last uh, couple of days as well. Yeah, it's all positive uh, news, you know, getting players of, of quality on uh, new contracts. But the, the big thing, Paul, is getting the three points tonight. Last time Rangers played November the 12th, they drew at St Mirren. It was a weak performance, ultimately cost Giovanni Van Bronckhurst his job. There's now a new manager in place. There's 50,000 Rangers fans turning up tonight expecting to see a victory, and rightly so, and it's up to the players. Can't hide behind the manager. It's up to the players. They're at the club because they think they're able and worthy of wearing that Rangers jersey. Well, they've not shown it enough in the past five months. They need to go and show it now. Peter, what does success look like then for Michael Beale in this season as manager of the club? Well, the way Michael's talking, winning both trophies is left. You know, because if it, I don't think they'll win the league. I've said that. I've, I've been clear on that. So they've got two cup competitions. And if you're Rangers or Celtic, you're going into every game expecting to win. And you have to win. That's the demand that's put on you. So if he's saying that they're all champing at the bit and they're playing as well and training as hard as they are and the expectation and they're going to improve the squad, I'd expect them to be in the running you know, come to win two trophies. Because that's what Alec McLeish did 20-odd years ago. I know it was a different type of player. But he came in and it's different when there's a change of manager, you know. So, but you have, it gives you an opportunity. Cup competition, always say anybody can win the cup in the respect of that because you need a bit of fortune. You have to perform on that particular day. So there's no excuse for that. League form catching up nine points, it's always difficult. But the cup competition, everybody's on 11 keel, an even keel then. You know I mean? You've got to go and win your match and that's what you've got to do to win the trophy. So for me... Success for him, he's got to win the Cups. That's what he's talked about himself. Not just me saying that, he said that he expects to win a trophy with Rangers. Scott gave us a ring on the way to the game. Give us a call, 0808 17 17 700. He's been on, Reagan's been on as well, a Celtic fan, talking about the rest of the season and what's going to happen. And he thinks Rangers will win tonight and he thinks Celtic will win a Petaudry. But he said it could be tight. Michael Beale, one of the big features uh, of the last few months at Rangers has been the lack of the new players who were signed over the summer, so many injuries. What's the update with these players? I think you're probably looking at the, the start to mid-January for one or two of those guys. You know, you're looking at, say, a Tom Lawrence or you're looking at a John Souter. We've had some pleasing news on both of them. Kamar Roof had been back in training, but we just need to take it easy with him. You know, there was a chance for him playing at the weekend, but it's me wanting people back and getting the best version back. I don't want people back to break down within two weeks. The most important thing is when I look at the squad or the sum of the whole squad, 
it's important I have all of them players available as soon as possible, but for a sustained period of time. So I've asked the medical and the sports science team to focus on that, not focus on the next four days to push a player out there that's not quite ready. I don't think that's fair and it's not what I want either. I just want people back in a good place so that over time people can, can judge this squad fairly and give everyone the opportunity to, to improve our situation. Mark, what do you take from that? Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's all very sensible and, and, and correct, you know, and that's what I like to hear as well. I like to hear managers or head coaches um, being in charge of the of the sports science department and the, and, and, the, and the physio actually telling them. And I know most of the time a lot of it's dictated to, but the other way around. But managers have got to have an input, so he's what he say, listen, if it means an extra 10 days, give me a boy back that I think I'm going to get the next 15, 20 games. Don't, don't bring me on back to get an hour at him on, on Thursday night. Bring him back when he's proper, when he's ready, consult with the player as well. Like I say, I can tell he's a real eagerness, he really wants to go and work with Kemar Roof. I think he feels he can get really get something um out of Kemar Roof. Good news about about Tom Lawrence, who is, you know, a really good player as well. Uh, Paul, that's one sympathy for Giovanni Van Brockers, uh, the fact that, that he lost him for, for the sort of last ten weeks. Um, and it's still going to be January, I think yeah, he was saying. Yeah, but yeah. Ja- January's six games away, okay. you know, so you've got you've got the cup semi final. Um, uh, against Aberdeen mm-hmm. and you've got the Scottish Cup tie away to St Johnson to come in January so we've got guys at Lawrence back uh, for then and John Suit as well Scotland international player I think it's a lot of unfair criticism I have to be honest really good player just unfortunate his attendance record isn't great but it's not if they want to try it's not that he's at it he's genuine injuries sure. and, and you'd love to see him get a run Loads of messages here on the socials at Go Football Show. Peter, here's one for you. Francis Healy has been on saying he believes Celtic will sign another striker no matter what happens with Gikamakis. I'm not so sure because I, I think Michael Beale's saying that if you're bringing people in, they've got to be better than what you have. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Celtic could afford somebody that's better than Kyogo and Giacomakis. You know, So I wouldn't like them to bring in someone in who they don't think is up to that quality. Yeah. You know, unless you're saying to yourself, OK, we're bringing in somebody to take Giacomacus's place, we're going to move him out. Because all of a sudden, Cel- remember, Celtic play with one striker. So you've got one on the bench, one coming off. Meda's played through there now and again, but you've got one on there, one off the bench. You bring a third one in, now it becomes a different... The manager doesn't really play with two strikers anyway. So it becomes a different problem altogether. So it's keeping that balance right. And he probably might be looking around about the team saying, well, where do I need to fill better? We talked about the left centre half, he's done that. You know, we think that's important for him. And it's, as long as you stay clear of injuries, you know, we said that Callum McGregor we thought would be the most difficult one to replace. They've proven that Marelli came in and done very well uh, doing that role, which I don't mean surprise me. It was great to see him doing it, but I think in periods in the big games in the Champions League, you could see that that wasn't his role. Where Callum would, I think, have seen the sniff the danger a little bit quicker because he's got that more sure. defensive now. The experience. Yes, yeah. exactly. So there's wee things like that, but his overall performances were excellent. So Callum McGregor's looking at a new signing for Celtic in the respect of that because you've missed him. So there's all these wee things. I look at the Rangers squad and I think, we go back. I don't keep going back to it, Geo, but it, yeah. it's fact, they all want the guys that was injured. And we said that, and we've always said that, if they were fully fit, Rangers were going to be a better side. Yeah. That's why I'm saying at this moment in time there is it won't catch Celtic because they don't have a good enough squad to catch Celtic. Even if they were fully fit now, I'm saying Celtic squad fully fit and Rangers squad fully fit. How did they get them fit? Because you're talking about Tom Lawrence January, John Souter January, Ennis Hadji don't know when Ennis Hadji and that's going to be back. And the guys that's coming back slowly but surely, they've been out for a long period of time, key my roof, important players for them. So... That's where the difficulty comes for Rangers because you've got these guys in the building and you don't have the finance because these boys still get paid, remember? 
So you don't have the finance yeah, sure. to go out there and bubble that up and say, well, we've got X, Y and Z amount of money knowing you've got guys in the building who are going to be your players anyway, unless as good loans as Mark spoke about earlier on. Mark, we're going to have the team news shortly, yeah. but uh, I think there's a doubt about Cholak uh, with an injury. Morelos is going to start. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, again, you know, how many times we've said this, the, the start of a new chapter for, for Morelos. It's pretty obvious what way do you look at it. So Morelos... Uh, is in control at the moment um, January 1st they can sign for a new club and a P contract that might lead to a permanent deal during January if they're willing to pay money for him to get him in earlier or he looks at his options maybe not impressed with his options and there could be a contract offer there for Rangers and he says well, you know what? I'll go and give Michael Beale a right good six months I might have better options than someone I might put in a set fee in a new contract uh, where you know everybody knows uh, where they stand but one thing about Morelos I think he owes the Rangers supporters his teammates, his club, whatever you want to say, all of them, he owes them a turn. Because he's not, he's not been, he's not been on it eh, enough for various reasons that have been well documented. He was given chance after chance under Steven Gerrard, given chances under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and, and, and I don't always think um, he was fair enough to, to his managers and, and to his club. So this is a chance now um, to go and show the Alfredo Morelos uh, that this time last year was doing ever so well under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst they played a major role when Rangers won the title under Steven Gerrard a couple of seasons ago. He's a top quality player, mm. Paul. He's a really good number nine. But for the past wee while, we've been talking about the Alfredo Morelos for the off-the-part stuff. What he needs, it's from himself, for Rangers, and when it's to get a new club or to stay and get, a, get the contract that he wants, they need to be talking about him as a number nine, as a goal scorer, as a match winner, as a good teammate, as a good professional all that kind of stuff. You guys are on it tonight. That's the news for the Rangers fans. On the way to the game, Morellas starts, Cholak is out, there's an injury. Ryan Porteous, there was a bit of chat about him, he might not play tonight, he is playing Peter. Yeah, I think it's fair, Don't listen to Lee Johnson talk, he's talking about if he trains well, does all the things properly, and he's a hip supporter, I'm led to believe as a youngster, so I've always said, players go out in the football pitch, let your talking on the football pitch, go and perform and show people how good you are. We talk about Juranovic's performance. Why doesn't he go and do that and sell himself to guys that's watching him, scouts that's watching him? Go and play against the, the, the so-called bigger clubs at the, in Scotland, at the Celtics and the Rangers. Go and play against them, you know, and show people how good a defender you are. It's, I don't think there's any questions over his ability. It's his mentality there's question marks over. You know, he gets hit up and caught up and things and are you going to keep him on the football pitch at times? I think that's the biggest problem. As soon as he realises the football thing's the most important thing, you know, that his defending's the most important thing, there's a very good player in there. So for me, if he's going to be there till the end of the season or maybe in January so they cash in, if he's going to be there to the end of the season, play as well as you can then you'll have it. The world's your oyster then because everybody will be interested in you. And if it's going to be January, play as well as you can to then. So there's more people coming chapping in Hibs' door wanting you to go to their football club. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to go and play in England sure. or whatever mm. and he wants to get more money, which is fine. I've had absolutely no problem with that. But at the end of the day, once you're selected, be the best player, the best version of yourself. Mark, have you seen uh, Ryan Portis play midfield? Because it could be a bit of a change tonight from Lee Johnson. Well, I mean, he's obviously, if that's the case, then, you know, the, the three or four week break, Paul will give him a chance to try something different, you know, throw a surprise um, at Rangers. I've not, uh, if he's going to be playing a kind of holding uh, role, Paul, I've never seen him play that. It'll be interesting to see because he, he does like to be in possession. You know, he's comfortable taking the ball from David Marshall. Um, but I, I mean, I, I agree with Peter 100%. Um, you know, I think Ryan Portis has got a big move in him. 
but he needs to concentrate on his football. You know, stop playing to the the gallery, stop trying to be the the guy that that speaks about you know, the news. And you know, Hibs, you know, they'll also had one of we speak all night about about Rangers injuries. Yeah. Hibs have also been missing Kevin Nisbet, mm-hmm. who's been a huge blow, quality striker, Scotland internationalist. And uh, if he can come and play for Hibs tonight, and there's a wee sneak it, they might start. Uh, for them then what a boost that is for uh, for Lee Johnson and, and the Hibs boys going into this game tonight yeah he's a big player for them Nisbet you know he'd done exceptionally well at Dunfermline uh, before I went there and he scored goals for fun you know and he was always difficult to play against makes defenders defend mm. you know he wants to get in the box to score goals you know but interesting Ryan Portis can play with the ball at his feet but the game's always in front of him yeah. He's better. Be like, he's not going to be one of these ones that's going to receive it out for the back. Lee Johnson likes his teams, as he says, to try and play out for the back and whatever. I wouldn't say that that's Ryan's forte. Anything coming back to him, and then he can see the pitch as if he's like a centre. I wouldn't be surprised if Lee does something like playing Portis in the middle of a back three and then steps in in the middle of the pitch when they're, they're attacking. So he becomes that extra midfield player because Lee likes to be clever at times. And I've seen Ryan sort of, I could imagine him doing that sort of role. So he's, uh, he becomes a midfield player when they're attacking, but he's a central defender when they're defending. And I could see him doing that because he's got the quality on the ball, you know. But as long as he doesn't get mixed up, as we say, and get caught up in other stupid things, especially him and Morelos have got a wee thing together, haven't they? There's always yeah. been a bit of oh, yeah. animosity yeah, there. Yeah. So he's got to be careful because it's very important when you're going to places like Ibrox, you've got to have mm. a cool mind. You know what I mean? And I'm talking for experience myself, so you've got to have a cool mind in there, you know what I mean? And it's very, very difficult. Don't get caught on it because Morelis is one of these ones that's going to get a wee dig in the back, come a wee bit late and you, Ryan's going to do the same thing. And you've got to have all your players on the football pitch because that's the, so, the very important thing. Because the last thing either a Rangers or a Hibs need is a man sent off early in the game. Then it becomes a different problem for you. You've seen it last night with Morocco in the World Cup. Yeah. There are three players who are struggling through injury. Mm. They've all got to come off. And it's so, so difficult then if they're your top quality players, but you need to have everybody available. I could see Portis playing in there, but in a slightly different role than maybe what they're expecting. Morellis starts for Rangers tonight. Kevin Nisbet starts for Hebs, and Portis looks as though he'll play as well. It's going to be some game this evening. Everyone, well, Rangers fans obviously uh, feel that they've got the. Uh, they should do well tonight against Hibs. And Hibs, they lost to Kilmarnock just before the break, but it'll be, it'll be fascinating with all the games coming up which sides come back on form, mm-hmm. which might take a bit of a tumble. You, you can never tell, can you? The winter break, never been as long as this, mm-hmm. but it does always throw up surprises. It does, Paul. And, and you look out with the top two, Celtic and Rangers, the, the cluster from mm-hmm. from uh, Dundee United yeah. at the bottom right up to, to third place. There's not a lot. Um, in it. I think Hibs are sitting in, in seventh at the moment, yeah. but a couple of games ago they won third. Yeah. So um, they're on a pre-break, pre-November the 12th. They're on a poor run. And, uh, you know, Lee Johnson knows, he's no daft. He's been round the block. Okay, he's a young manager, he's been round the block down south. And you only look at Ron Gordon's track record. We manage it. And he starts picking up points sooner rather than later. Because, to be fair to, to Hibs, I think they've backed him uh, fairly well. Okay, ideally, they'd love to keep um, Ryan Portis and get him a new contract. But if the boy wants to go and, and he said his head turned a bit, that's what happens in the game. So you need to go and find a replacement. But then... Um, you know, Hibs need to start picking up points. You know, they've got a really good squad. You know, starting with, with David Marshall and goals, top quality goalkeeper, um, and and they need to be doing better. We're in Glasgow's own Go Radio. Paul Cooney, Peter Grant, and Mark Guidi as the game comes back tonight. Rangers against Hibs, and then we're previewing for the weekend, not least Aberdeen against Celtic. Do you like the early kickoffs, Peter? Maybe not if you're travelling up to Aberdeen, but. 
No, no. I, I, you know what I like, Paul. I'm Saturday at three o'clock. Yeah, I, I was always that. Uh, people always talked about Tuesday yeah. night under the. I thought Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights, sorry, uh-huh. was European night. Yeah. Saturday at three o'clock, that was always me. So I preferred that because I always thought it was football day. Mm. You know, even as a young sure. boy, you wanted to do that because it gave you an opportunity. If you'd played in the morning, you could get an opportunity to go and watch the game. That's why I loved yep. it, you know, so much. But um, as I say, the, the, you've got to be prepared for everything. And it is, it's interesting what Mark's saying there. You know, coming back, who's going to come back right? We can all talk well about it. And it's interesting talking about Celtic. I'd seen Celtic against Aberdeen at Celtic Park earlier in the season. And Celtic were really preparing for longer, a longer run because they weren't involved in Europe early. And Aberdeen done quite well against them. A couple of great opportunities. I didn't think Celtic played particularly that, well. Was that opening day, Peter? Yeah, aye, he didn't aye, play particularly weekend. well, aye. you know, the game. And you say to yourself, these are the wee things that turn up. Yeah on these days and after being out for the period of time, you're, no matter how much you've done training, no much friendlies you've had, it's when it comes to these games, there's a different type of atmosphere. And there's always some fantastic atmosphere at Pataudry when Celtic went there. When we went there, it was great. You know, so you know it was always a difficult game. Always. I never went there and had an easy game in all the years I played. And it was always tough. And it'll be the same. Rangers going to Hibs, you'd always think that was a close game. But I think if Hibs, uh, Rangers start right, I see them winning that game comfortably. Did you score at Easter Road? Do I yes, remember? Yes, yeah. I did. It was a spectacular goal, was it not? Yeah, it was. Unfortunately, it was against a great Andy Gorham, you know, who yeah. was a fantastic goalkeeper. Uh, God rest him. And as I say, it was um, probably the day we ended up clinching the league, really. Because if we won that game, we thought it would be very difficult to catch. And it was a ball that came out to the edge of the box. And I said, it's behind you, Andy. It was on the way back out before he'd seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't very often I'd done that. <laughs> The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go Go, 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 go. go Radio Football Show, Paul Cooney, Mark Guidi and Peter Grant 08, 08 17, 17 700 Thanks Chris for the traffic and travel It's uh, hotting up in this minus four at the moment <laughs> if that's possible because the football's back here in Scotland What about this story today? Don't know if it's true but Benzema is better. He got that injury right at the start of the World Cup in training. Peter, is there a chance that he could feature at the World Cup final for France on Sunday? Well, he's fit now mm-hmm. and he didn't replace, if you remember, they, yep. there were 26 players allowed to go. They kept it at yep. 25. If you remember, there was an issue the last time with Benzema being out the squad through things that would happened off the pitch. So he wasn't there when they won the World Cup. Yep. And he was a big part of this squad mm-hmm. getting there. So it wouldn't surprise me because he played in a friendly today for Real Madrid. I know that. Um, against Leganes or something. Right, yeah. He played against Leganes today. So he played minutes. I don't know how many minutes. So it wouldn't surprise me if he went there not to play. But if the manager put him on the bench, he could win a, end up winning a World Cup medal without doing anything. Mm. But that would be wrong because in the build-up to the World Cup, he scored goals that got him yeah. there. And I think that's very, very important. That people so it wouldn't remember be wrong. You would, you would welcome it. If I was a manager and he was available, yes. I would take him. I'd say, do you want to come and join the squad for us? Because I'd put all the boys on the bench, it's available on the bench, yep. and I'd make him definitely for what he'd done for them to get him into that position, for sure. Mark, in the 99th minute, maybe would you bring him on <laughs> if it was 1-1? One, one? Yeah. And I think also, I think Carlo Ancelotti at Real Madrid would welcome it because you're yeah. training a player over there. He'll mm-hmm. come back absolutely with, with a spring in his step just to be made to feel a part of it. You know, if France win it, you know, enjoy the, the celebrations, have a moment because it's unlikely he's going to get it um, again. As you see, he was very unfortunate the last time round. So he has played his part. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there's an invitation there and you see him stripped and, and on the bench. And look, you never know if it's heading to penalty kicks, Benzema. First time we're going to get a penalty, wouldn't you? So, well, Deschamps, it seems to be the, the way that Deschamps manages the group, doesn't it? Because 
I know people go keep going on saying France have got great experience, they won it before. Six or eight of their players didn't play in it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So people forget the country's got experience mm-hmm. of it. Sure. Not the players. The two young central midfield players who were outstanding last night, you know, who 20 years of age, 22 years of age. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it comes down with no Messi's got magic in his boots. You know, there is absolutely no doubt of that. But let me tell you, that France team, mm-hmm. Griezmann was unbelievable. He was he was a defender last night. He was a midfield player. He was a striker. He's been phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal player. We talk about him and Papi, but Griezmann has been unbelievable. But they have got they've got front guys. They've got midfield players. That all can play, you know. And you look at that, and I'm not sure Argentina have got that type of team. But the difference is they have Messi. If they never had Messi involved, would you be interested in thinking Argentina have got a chance? France would be very very hot favourites because Messi the other evening there for the first half up into the penalty situation, had not done a tap because I thought he was carrying his hamstring because yeah. he kept rubbing his hamstring. I was watching him. You know, it was like Messi cam in my house yeah. watching him saying, please don't go off, you know. <laughs> you know, it was one of the ones. You get a special uh, Messi cam. Yeah, <laughs> I was course. just like, please don't go off, yeah. you know. And he's uh, honestly the best player I've seen at all. So he's up there with Maradona and him. I know we talk about Ronaldo, who I love as well, but players to watch and excite you. But as I say, the Benzema situation, that brings a different scenario yeah. because that's the sort of way Deschamps manages that group of players. He's been there eight years now and he's been unbelievably successful. We'll have the full teams for Rangers against Hibs probably in 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. But we believe that Morellas will play tonight. Cholak, there's an injury. Don't think he's going to play. Ryan Portis will play for Hibs because there was speculation that he'd be arrested, you know, pending a big transfer in January. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin Nisbet will start as well. But for Rangers, we're just listening to the new manager um, talking about Ben Davies and Goldson. And Peter, you make a great point. Well, you're not going to bring them on, are you? Halfway through. You're not going to change uh, your central defenders. So could they start tonight again? against Hibs let's hear a bit more from the manager he's been in for quite a number of weeks now and uh, it gets serious tonight yeah I've got a head start haven't I um, uh, of, of any other coach that would have come in at this opportunity because I know the players and, and they know me so I think you'll see you'll see some some changes quite quickly in terms of structure and how we press and how we want to defend and and certainly maybe one or two players where they are enabled, enabled to go in, in possession as well so I think in a normal sense, yes, and certainly I'm not overlooking the fact that I've come in mid-season, not had a pre-season, but I do have the advantage of having worked with these players for probably 600 sessions and 200 games over three and a half years, which was only 12 months ago. So there's certainly just uh, a, a part of us uh, adapting more quickly maybe than a, a coach that came in cold. Mark, he hasn't come in cold. He knows most of the players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, he'll know 80%. And I'm, you know, once we see the starting lineup, Paul, yeah. about 10 minutes' time, I'd imagine he's probably worked with at least seven mm-hmm. um, with the starting lineup under uh, Stephen Gerrard. You know, I think uh, if you look at, I think it was Rangers' very first Champions League game under Van Bronckhurst, and uh, the starting 11 were all the Stephen Gerrard players. Yeah. None of the summer That's signings right. made yeah. in the starting lineup. Through, so, through injury or yeah, just just Yomaz, for example, we hadn't yeah, really just seen. Just not showing yeah. it. Just not worthy of a, of a starting place. Um, and that's where the recruitment needs to improve um, so um, yeah you'll uh, know the guys you know you talk about leaders in the dressing room you're James Tavernier the captain Conor Goldson Steve Davis Alan McGregor Ryan Jack all guys that have worked with him all guys that, that rate him all guys that, that, that like him so right away you're, you're getting into a good starting point of a nucleus that will run the dressing room for you and will spread the word of, of positivity but ultimately you need to go and win games but if- Every manager 
Again, everyone's positive. Every the boys have been brilliant. I've been there myself. You know what I mean? And you're just saying to yourself, you need a performance. You know that yourself. They, they always the, the training's different. You know, guys, oh, this boy didn't train well. Or this yeah. one, you're never going to be negative. No. And it's very, very difficult. You know, I mean, I went in after a. You can ask you about your first time as manager. I went at at Norwich. Norwich. I went yeah. to Norwich. We were playing Birmingham and they hadn't won for a long time away from home. Maybe, I don't know, somebody said 18 wins. Probably that's wrong. But uh, Nigel Worthington done an unbelievable job, phenomenal job there. So I'm taking over a, a big personality in the respect of that and a really popular manager at that particular time. Unfortunately, being through a, a bad run of games and they offered us a job. So I went and done the job and we played Birmingham away. And Steve Bruce was the manager. Steve was the manager at Birmingham at the time, ex-Norwich player. So it was all these sort of things. We went to Birmingham and we won 1-0. Then on the Saturday, you come back and you're thinking, oh, great, fantastic. What a team we are. We've won away for the first yeah. time. And then on the Saturday, we come back. Cardiff, I think, we're on like a 10, 15-game unbeaten run, top of the league. We beat them, 1-0. Everybody's going, whoa, this manager's brilliant, you know. And I'm getting worse. I'm thinking to myself, I'm panicking more. I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm right. started with two victories. No, because that's a negative. Sure. As I say, yeah. you talk about enjoying it to five o'clock. And then the third game, reality kicks in. We go to Stoke. The, the Tony Pulis famous Stoke team and we go to Stoke and goalkeeper gets sent off and we end up getting up 4 nothing. you know your goalkeeper sent off right away and you think alright oh, okay here this is tough enough you know and they're the wee things that change for you and it was okay the training pitch that's great the performances you're getting the result it's relief but now for Michael everything they do in the training pitch everything he's talked to them about all the work he's done now comes to kind of go out and perform now and get the results galvanise the support you know um, that's all the things you have to do. You have to win games of football. And if he win, keeps winning games of football, everybody will say he's the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. You know, look what Ange has done across the road. He's got to follow that. But Ange, if you remember his first few games, the three was three out of six, was it? It was lost. You know, yep. so th things like that. But look how it turned around for him because he had a great belief in himself. You know, and he demanded it from his players. The players have brought into it. The players that he's brought in have all been of quality and have all performed exceptionally well. And that's what you need to do. All the talking's got to stop now, and that stops tonight because now it's results that count. Leverkusen at the weekend doesn't matter how well you play. Yep. Now your league performances have got to count, and your performances and your results have got to come with it. We'll come back to Rangers in a few moments. Back to Celtic. Marie's been on at the socials saying, Peter, Mark, what do you think of the Alistair Johnson signing? And she's got a couple of other questions. Let's hear Alistair Johnson speak about his knowledge of Celtic. My dad's side's English and Scottish. Uh, my mum's side, my mum's born in Northern Ireland. So, you know, growing up in, you know, a UK household, football was always, you know, our main sport. We played a little bit of hockey in the winter. My ch entire childhood was was waking up, watching Premier League, watching Champions League, and, and of course seeing Celtic in some of those big nights. And, and, you know, for me, it's always been one of those clubs that I've always been drawn to just because I always look at it like this. If, if full slate of games going on in the Champions League and Celtics playing at home, I want to watch the Celtic match. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Just to see the atmosphere, you can just tell how much more it means um, to this fan base um, and what those European nights are like. Um, and also, it's been cool. We have a couple players um, with the national team who have played um, in Scotland, and, and they've just said, you know, the league's, league's a blast. Um, and obviously, Celtic is you know, the cream of the crop in the league. So, um, no, I've only heard glowing reviews. Um, and, you know, it's kind of cool to finally, you know, live out that childhood fantasy. Now, at this point in the press conference, some uh, wag, some reporter goes, right, can you name the Celtic team from Lisbon <laughs> in, um, when they won the cup? 
What about Tony Rolson? Because he has done no wrong, has he, in the last 18 months for Celtic? So the new signing, you said, he knows it's, uh, he's going to have to fight for his place. Um, you know, just that nothing's going to be given, everything's going to be earned. Um, and I think that that's something that all young aspiring footballers want, just an opportunity. Um, and that's something that this coaching staff has been very strong about, is that, you know, we're, we're trying to play a certain way. We want to bring in some young talented players that you know have an edge to them um i think i fit that mold but the other two right backs do as well so i think it'd be great you know i'm just here to fight for my place and hopefully earn some minutes so juranovic isn't obviously in this weekend because he's got the world cup third place peter what do you think about that and for tony rawson would he expect to start yes yep. i think his performance since the manager came in the door tony was out the door let's be perfectly honest with you and i tried to get him alone and everything and but there seemingly a deal done elsewhere and um, because I always liked his fighting spirit, his character, you know, and the de determination. And he's proven that since the manager came in the door. And listen, it'll not be easy for Alistair Jones. I thought he'd done fantastically well in the games that I've seen him. You know, very strong, committed, it showed good quality on the ball. And I thought he looked a really good right back. He knows he's got a fight in his hand. And if I'm Tony, I'm just rolling my sleeves up and saying, OK. Because I know I've been there when midfielders come in. It wasn't to replace Paul. It was always to replace me, probably. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, no chance. I'll you, show, yeah. I'll show, oh, yeah. I, I used yeah. to go up and shake their hand and wish them all the best in the reserves. Yeah. That, that's what I used to say to them as soon as they came in the door. But it was one of the things you, you had... just imagine that. I know. Doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that was the sort of thing I yeah. said to them because I was like, I don't care who you are. Yeah. You know, I'll be playing before you. So, and I had to try and prove that every day in training. And that's what you've got to do and that's what Tony will do. And good luck to him. It'll be fantastic. It'll only be better for Celtic if the two of them are fighting each other to try and get in the team. Mark, I love that. Like that one, isn't it? It's good luck in Celtic. He did yeah. see a few off over the Absolutely. years. Absolutely. Yeah, you did, to be fair. <laughs> Absolutely. I used to hide their boots, that's why. <laughs> Here's a bit more. Final point um, on Ange Postacoglu. This is Alistair Johnson speaking about the Celtic boss. Massive, to be honest. Um, I think, again, for myself, that, that relationship that you have with the manager, you want to make sure that you're not going somewhere where you're just going for the name, but you also want to go somewhere where you truly are wanted and you're in their plans um and just by talking to him we seem to have similar paths even though they're different you know him obviously um he's gone a bit of a different kind of pathway than most managers have um and he understood what it's like playing in a bit more of an obscure league you could say with the mls for europeans it's it's kind of a league that not a lot of it's not obviously not talking talked about a lot over here and um him obviously being in the j league um but i think also just talking to him he could see how much he knew about the game how much he cared for just giving young players who had a ship on their shoulder an opportunity and also you know how he's done with his recruiting um he's gone into kind of again those smaller leagues from all around the world he's found players that no one's ever heard of before necessarily like myself um and hopefully that i can be another one in that long line of players that he's brought over that you know have shown not only scotland but all of europe that they can play mark yeah, I mean, first of all, he speaks very well. Uh, doesn't you know, for a young man, you know, he gets it. You know, you can tell he's, he's been quickly brought up to speed and, and, and taken in the information about the football club. Clearly, been impressed with the with the managers. We, we, you know, he's watched the, the the games, the big Champions League games um, over the year. So, certainly as a person, um, he comes across very well, and that doesn't surprise me because you look at all of. Um, uh, Postacoglu signs you can tell it's not just about their ability off the pitch yeah. you know it's about what they are as, as human beings and that epitomises the manager as well as we've always said you know whatever he does from here on in as Celtic manager first and foremost he's a first class human being and he's led the club very well he speaks very highly he's respectful 
um, of the opposition managers, opposition players, etc., etc. So, listen, Alistair Johnson, there's no doubt when you're paying that kind of money, Canadian internationalists, you've got something about you. But like you said, he has to go and earn it. Uh, it's not a given that he's going to get that right back slot to himself. Peter, a future in media for him if it doesn't make it. <laughs> well, he speaks exceptionally yeah. well. As I say, if he's, he's half a good a player, you yeah. know, it'll be some player sure. because he's. I was really impressed with him as a young man. You know, he was calm. And I think that's the way he speaks. That was his performances on the football pitch. It's like me, but a goalkeeper. When I see a goalkeeper, it's a lot like Pickford used to be. That would have driven me mad, mm-hmm. you know, if I was a central defender because it put me all off, agitate me, you know. And you talk about this boy, he seems a calmness personified. But he's got that. You can tell he's got that wee bit of fight and spirit, you know, which you always need. And you, the one thing I always remember him saying in one of his first interviews was saying, I've got to be a defender first and foremost. And that's always important for me because you've got to get forward. I was fortunate enough to play with the, probably the best player I ever played with, with Danny, Danny McGrain, who was top, top quality, number one right back probably in the world at one stage uh, and left back, if you want to say that. But the one thing he was, what a defender. You know, brilliant going forward, but what a defender he was. You know, and as I said, young boy Johnson's not lost in the respect of that. That's a big part of his game that he has to be defending. And I know Celtic have a lot of the ball. I know Celtic have to get forward. But he knows it's very, very important that you're clued in your defending. How big for Celtic, how important that Callum McGregor is back? Yeah, it's it's really good news for Celtic. He's a captain. He leads by example. He's a top quality player. Um, and, you know, that can only be, be a plus for Celtic, you know, he'll be chomping at the bit to get back. He's not played, you know, for, for a number of weeks. He'll have had that sort of mini pre-season under his belt uh, the past couple of weeks. He's played, he's got some minutes um, too and he'll just be desperate to get that to get that armband back because he just brings that. Listen, Hatati's good and O'Reilly. They're all mm. quality. Moy was, was really, really good actually. Really impressed with him um, over a number of games there when McGregor was out. But McGregor brings that extra balance um, to the team and he's got a big role to play in the next six months. Peter? Massive, you know, the amount of games he plays every yeah. season, you know, obviously unfortunate with injury this time, but the, the knowledge he's gained, he's became better at the role, you know, because he gets moved up sometimes when Moy comes on or whatever. I think that was down to Moy's lack of fitness. Now I think that can be reversed again. I think Moy can play a bit further up because he's fitter now, you know, and that's where he used to play at Huddersfield and got a lot of goals for Huddersfield at that particular time. So you maybe see him moving up one now, you know, when he comes on instead of Callum, being the one that moves up and let Moy sit in. And I, I thought he was outstanding in the World Cup. I thought he was outstanding in the World Cup. But as I say, having Callum back something different. And that's what I'm saying. That's like a new signing in this particular window for them. Mm. You know, that's very, very important for them. And I always say in this period now, you want to get into this start again that everybody's fully fit. And we're led to believe that everybody is fully fit within the squad, all available. And that's all the manager's looking for. When you come back for any sort of breaks, whether it's the summer or whatever, you want all your players available so you can select them in the first game's ready to start. 0808 17 17 700. We will have the team news for Rangers against Hibs in a few moments. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Go card this weekend, apart of course from Rangers against Hibs, which is just over an hour away from kickoff, 8 o'clock tonight. I'm with Peter Grant and Mark Guidi. Aberdeen Celtic, of course, Saturday at 12 30. Peter, what about Motherwell against St Mirren? Look at that first um, two teams, the contrasting fortunes so far. Yeah, I've liked what Stevie Hamill's done since he went in. I thought, you know, maybe the results have not been there for him, but I think the performances with the team and the way he's went about his business, the way he spoke about his team, 
you know, he's not kidded himself on or his players on. He's t- spoke the truth when they've not played particularly well. And I, I th- he's, he's got great experience, not as a manager of the first team, but he's got great experience and knowledge of the football side of it. He played a hell of a lot of football and he's been a coach for a long time. So I fancy Muller in that game. I'm just seeing here, Mark, here's a, another little hint. There is a picture tweeted by Rangers. Tavernier's jersey's there, number two. And number four, John Lindstrom. So they're in. Centre mid, yeah. Yep. yep. And, um, you know, it was um, Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister, Michael Beale that signed John Lindstrom. Never really happened for him in his first few months at the club for whatever reason. And then he took off under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst the second half of the season. You know, played a huge role in them getting to the European final, winning the Scottish Cup. I don't think his form, his consistency has been good. Uh, this season but that's been the case for a number of Rangers players but he'll be looking to to go again and um, you know Michael Beale again needs to get Lundstrom back to the kind of form that he showed last season that's the Hibs team for tonight is with us Marshall Cabraja Hanlon Porteous McGuinness Newell Cadden Nisbet Johan Campbell and Rocky on the bench Schofield Kenneth Stevenson Henderson Mitchell Melkerson McCurdy Fish and McGeady so Aidan McGeady is on the bench after that long term injury it's great that Aidan's back as I say I was at the match when he got his injury I think it was against Norwich mm. I, I said last week it was Clyde it was Norwich game I was actually right. at you know so it, many <laughs> and yeah. it, it was, he got an injury in it uh, pre-season friendly actually and it was a shame because I was interested to see how he yeah. would have done in it but you look at that team and you think he's went with more legs in there as if they're going to try and maybe have Nisbet up on his own and try and get up and support them for behind the ball, you know what I mean? Which, I can understand that 100%, but that's the way they look. I'm not sure if, who else he would play up there, you know, it looks it could play playing a back three when you look at it with the players he's got available on there, when you look at the, the squad he's got. So, it'll be interesting to see, but they'll want to get crosses in if Nisbet's in there because he's a good finisher in the box, he's decent in the air, and it depends what Rangers' two centre-backs are going to Is it going to be the experienced ones or is it going to be the young boys that's uh, going to be involved? So, that'll be interesting as well because... If there's Nisbet playing against two of the young one, younger ones, he could cause them problems. Just waiting for the full Rangers team. Uh, King Charles is in the picture there, but I don't think he's playing. He's not in this squad. It's the they've changed the picture obviously in the dressing room. So that's the latest one from the Rangers uh, dressing room. So Tavernier and Lundstrom's in, and here is the Rangers starting eleven. I'll give you as they've just given it to us: McGregor, of course, in goals. Tavernier, Sands, Lundstrom, Devine, who did so well at the weekend. Kamara is back. Jack is back, Tillman, Kent, Fashion Sakala, and Morellas on the bench. McLaughlin, Davis, that's Stephen Davis, Matondo, Wright, Davies, Ben Davies, McCann, Arfield, Fraser, and Alec Lowry. Mark, what do you make of it there? You just. Uh, yeah, so yep. it's going to be um, uh, Lunch from playing at centre half with, mm-hmm. with, with Sands and uh, Devine and, and, and Tavernier, uh, your, uh, your full backs. Um, Kamara and Jack um, playing as your kind of holders Tealman in as your kind of number 10 in behind Morelos with, with Kent and Sakala um, on your wings so uh, John Lundstrom uh, looks as though it's going to be him and Sands as the, the central defenders So Goldson not yet ready Peter? Yeah it's a bit unfair in Lundstrom I know he's played yep. back there mm-hmm. I think that's always difficult you know especially when you've not been in playing matches and playing as a centre half and you're getting there in front of a manager Know, for the first time who a bit difficult game time under him the last time when he was the, the coach there and you're playing centre half with young Sands as well it's not ideal and I think Nisbet could cause him a bit of a problem and Mark, as you said Paul you yep. called it as well with Morelos you told us uh, over an hour ago that Morelos is going to start um, and indeed he 
He has big night for Morelos, yeah. uh, Paul. You know, big night for Rangers, but for Morelos, is it um, redemption time for him? Can he still do something for Rangers? Oh, of course he can. And is he doing it for himself? Well, he's got, he's got yeah. the ability. His ability's not in question, yeah. Paul. It's his professionalism that's been called into question. It's his desire, his hunger. So he's got another fresh start. Because um, I think the previous manager had lost patience with him, and, and, and understandably so. Stephen Gerrard lost patience with him a couple of times when Michael Beale was there. So um, Michael Beale's called on him tonight. I've no doubt he spent a bit of time with him, one to one, and said, Alfredo, you are a top striker. Um, but go and show it. Ask yourself why there's not, uh, uh, you know, people on the baton down our door with, with offers to go and get to, to go and get you, to go and bring you, or the contract that you're asking for at Rangers. Go and show the board. Go and show the board that you're worth it. You're worth that extra couple of quid. Go and push the boat out for you. Because at the moment, is anyone in for him? We don't know. We don't know, Paul. Uh, you know, I, listen. I think you'll get takers for it. It depends what kind of fee Rangers would look for next month. But I don't think they. I don't think clubs would pay fortunes no. um, for him. I mean, just a, a ballpark. If somebody gave you a million quid and he's got five months to go in, in, in his deal, I think you have to take that all day long. You know. Is there anybody else that could have played? No, because um, no, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. How many chances is he going to get? Kemar Roos, <laughs> you know, still saying, not. Yeah, you know. So how many more chances he wants? Sakala, sure. um, not Sakala. Chola Qu- 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 yeah. is uh, not available. He's injured. Yeah, yep. so he's not available. So you're thinking to yourself, well, listen, how many times? Is, I mean, I, I said to you, I thought bringing him back into the four. I know it was a difficult one for Gio at the time, but I thought bringing him back in after letting him down in such an important time, not just the manager, but the full club down. I said at that particular time, now he gets another bit of fortune, there's nobody else available. And that would have been interesting if Cholak would have been available and had been training who the manager would have stood with. Because I think, as you say, he scored goals when the team has been playing poorly and that would have been interesting, maybe even for Morelis, to see that somebody like Beal's coming back and not selecting him. Maybe that would have been a wake-up. But I think he's had too many chances, too many opportunities. And as I say, maybe he gets the opportunity to score goals tonight. But for me... This is a swan song with Angels for me. Massive game tonight. So there you have the team. McGregor, Tavernier, Sands, Lundstrom and Devine. I'll ask you about Devine in a second or two after the weekend. Glenn Kamara, who was out of favour under GVB. Um, he's back in. Ryan Jack. Tillman, who played well, a friendly at the weekend, but scored a couple of goals. Ryan Kent, the great conundrum. Uh, Fashion, Sakala and Alfredo. Morellas, Mark, what are you thinking about Adam Devine? Devine, apparently, you know, he was out of position. He yeah. will be again tonight, yeah. but it did well. Yeah, he's a good kid. He, he's yeah. highly thought of um, inside the club. And again, that's just one where you just you need to go and spend the minutes uh, with Paul as a coach, as your staff. You know, go and get him and improve his knowledge of the game. Just be simple positional things. Just go, you know, make him feel comfortable mentally. You know, make sure that he's. He's ready to go and play in front of 50,000 tonight, which I'm sure he will be. So that's you've got to do with young players. Yeah, they'll have all the talent, but you've got to educate them. You've got to spend time with them, really be a conscientious coach. Make sure your staff are the same. And if you do that, you'll get the best out of them. It's interesting where his help is going to come from. You know, it's going to be a lot of work on Kamara if he plays on the left-hand side of that too. Because you'll have to go over there quite a bit because Kent, so far, going into the, the, this, the, the, the before the break, never done a lot defensively. No. He was leaving Barisic. Whoever played left back was going to expose quite a lot. So he needs to work harder to do his job there. As I said to you, his best performance for me was against Dortmund when he was brilliant going both ways. He's never showed anything like that again. But he needs to help the young man out. Kamara will be coming across the pitch, obviously, to try and help him out as well. But that could be an area that gives him a problem if they don't do that well. 
because then you're allowing crosses and you're getting two V1s in that wide area, depending on what Hibs play. If they're talking about maybe playing five in the middle of the pitch or playing five at the back with four in the middle of the pitch, you know, they're going to look to get crosses in. They're going to be doubling up in the wide areas to try and get their crosses in. And that could cause a problem with especially the two centre-halves that you have in there. They're not massive size-wise. And Nesbitt, if he gets crosses, he can feed off it, you know. Mark, so pre-match, the Rangers fans were expecting some surprises and there are a couple of surprises in the Rangers lineup. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you look at it there, you know, Ryan Jack's back in, he's gone with Sakala again, that was a Stephen Gerrard signing in his last window. Uh, a Bosman, obviously Ryan Kent, given the chance, Thielman, who, you know, was um, he was fulsome in his praise of him after the, the, the game against uh, Bayer Leverkusen at the weekend, you know, almost kind of like urging the board, you know, go and pay the fee mm. that, 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 that's there, go and get this guy. What, he's 20 years old, Thielman. I think he's a great talent, Paul. Yeah, so I, yeah, I do, I really do. So would you uh, row the boat out if you were Rangers if, fans? If you can afford it. Yeah. Oh, don't don't cripple yourself. You know, sure. no, what no one player's worth that. But if you can afford, if you can be creative in the market, mm. um, I would take Tillman all day long. Paul, I think he's a special talent, and he's a kid. But you look sure. at what he's shown. Um, I think he's a real quality, intelligent footballer. Peter, would you? I, I liked him. I, I said to you, he was getting criticism and performances, and I think he was moving and playing different positions. I were expecting different roles from him, and I, I was starting to wonder what is his best position. There's no doubt the boy's a talented player. He's got lovely yeah. movement for such a big lad. He's got all attributes to be a top quality player, big, powerful. What you're looking for in young players now, these talk about athletes. Well, there's not a much better specimen than he is, yeah. you know. But if he's playing that end of the field, and that's why I'm saying I don't see Rangers ever playing under the manager, playing with two strikers, because they don't have that two. It's a number nine, like a number 10, if you know what I mean. Two strikers become two strikers for Rangers with the players that they have at this moment in time. So Tillman fills that or Arfield. Mark, you're back tomorrow night. Peter, can I throw a couple of quick ones yes. to you? So we mentioned uh, Motherwell St Mirren. What's your score? Or who do you think is going to win? I'll go for Motherwell 2 1. Going for Motherwell. Livingston against Dundee United? I'm going to go Livingston. Going for Livingston. Joel Nibley, the club, are saying he's going nowhere unless there's a, a massive offer for him. Hearts against Kilmarnock. Derek always makes it difficult mm. for them, but I think that'll be a draw. Reckon a draw. Yeah. Ross County, St. Johnson. St. Johnson have had a bit of forum. Mm. I think since Nicky Clark went there, I think mm. they've got something a wee bit different. They've got somebody that can nick a goal for you. And I think that, for, forgive the pun there. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. But I think that he's got that in him, you know what I mean? You uh, may be right, Stevie May. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, Sorry. very okay. good. So you think back. St. Johnson? <laughs> no, I just think they've done had a bit of forum, but I think Ross County, Malkis had a wee bit of time to work with them. They went through a wee bit of a yeah. spell. You know, and they still still get performances. I'll take Ross County in that game. All right. Oh, yeah. He took. Hey, that was an amazing <laughs> run there. Yeah, I told yeah. you exactly. How is Monkey? Uh, <laughs> Aberdeen <laughs> against Celtic then twelve thirty on Saturday. I'm going to say it's going to be a difficult game, but I still Celtic. What see one is two 0 Celtic. Peter Grant says it's Celtic for me. Celtic yep. for me. Yeah, but in the Celtic fans, that will be it's a big game for Celtic. Massive well, game. Know. Well, I'm not just saying that because no, it's always sure. difficult. And I know what Jim's teams will be very, making it very, very difficult for them. But I expect Celtic with the quality. We've not heard anybody been injured or not been injured. Mm. So we're having that squad because I'm listen. I'm looking at Rangers' squad there, and I'm looking at their substitutes. Yeah. And I'm looking at Celtic squad if everybody's fully fit and their substitutes. Is there any comparison at this moment in time going with a two lineups? I don't think there is, and that's what I've said all season. It's the squad that's going to win you the league. And that's why I think Celtic will win the league because they're the best squad of players. And Mark, can I bring you in for a prediction for tonight then? Rangers against Hibs. Rangers 2, Hibs 0. OK, 2-0. Is Morelos going to score? Yes. Yes, you think so. Peter, what do you think tonight? I'll go 3-0 Rangers. 3-0? Yeah. yeah. Scorers in your head? Tillman. You Tillman. Tillman yeah. will score. Sakala will get one. And Morelos. Thanks so much, Peter. 
We'll hear from you Pleasure. next week. We'll see you next week here Pleasure. on the programme only on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Mark, it's you and Barry Ferguson tomorrow night. We'll be yep, on at five. I wonder what the story will be. Will it be six points at the top or will it still be nine? Will it be seven? We will find out. So we'll look back on what happens tonight and we'll look forward to the weekend. I know the weather's not going to be too good. The coming well, we'll have interested to see yep. tonight and moving forward the weekend. Yeah. Having watched the World Cup now with seven, eight, nine, ten minutes of stoppage time, yeah. I wonder if our referees. No, but seriously, That's a good I wonder point. if our referees will do the same. Okay, everyone else rang. We're out of team. Thanks, guys. We're back tomorrow night at five. Coming up next, the news, and then it's Jokal Day. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go. There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.